Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Uliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. God has really been stirring us up for revival. And revival is when the people around us, our families, our workmates, our our friends, they discover Jesus for themselves. That's what revival is. But you know, for revival to happen, people have to, first of all, hear the gospel, and then they have to respond. Yeah? How will they hear unless we tell them? And so... I remember Pastor Ralph speaking about the need for revival to start in us. Uh, Last week, Pastor Adrian was talking about how we need to thirst for God because revival will start in us and then out of the fullness in us, it will reach out to people. And when we can't help but share with others, like Matt did with that beautiful young man, Emmanuel, you know, out of his heart it flowed, Emmanuel was able to hear and Emmanuel was able to respond. And when we are full of Jesus, it will flow out of us so people can hear and respond. So a few weeks ago, about seven weeks ago, Jen Windia, one of our lovely ladies, I think she's camping, so she wasn't gonna be here. Um, She was out at a car park and she saw this commotion going on. And she looked and she saw a very sick woman. And Jen thought, will I get involved? Because, you know, when we see things going on, what do we normally say? Well, it's not my problem. You know, if I get involved, I don't know what it's going to involve. So we sometimes don't do it. But she felt, go and help this woman. And so obedient to what God was prompting her, she went along and sorted out the commotion. When it was over, the lady looked at her and she said, why are you helping me? Now, Jen had a choice. She could either say, Oh, because I want to. But she said, because I'm a Jesus girl. She jumped in boots and all. I'm a Jesus girl. And the lady looked around and went, what? And so Jen began to explain about how she loves Jesus. And then she went on to talk about church and and all things to do with that. And at the end, the lady said to her, I want the peace that you have. And so Jen says, okay, well, why don't you come to church? Well, she got her phone number. She kept in contact for about two weeks. And after two weeks, the lady said, I'm going to come to church. So she came to church and she looked so ill. Some of you may have seen her, but um, she listened to the word of God. And at the end, she came forward. And I had the honor of just leading her through the sinner's prayer where she invited Jesus into her life. And she was just so hungry for God. And so Jen came around her and began to share with her all about Jesus. Another lady called Jody, who's in the kids' church this morning, she came around her as well. Um, and for the last, for two weeks, Jody rang her every day. They prayed together because she was so ill. And suddenly, two weeks ago, that woman passed away. And I thought, wow, the last four weeks of that woman's life was so different because she had peace, because she knew Jesus. It made such a difference to her. What would have happened if Jen had seen the commotion and walked away? What if she'd gone, no, I'm not going to get involved? 
That woman's death could have been a lot different. But the fact that she knew Jesus, she was at peace because she knew she was going into eternity to be with Jesus. What if Jody hadn't taken the time to ring every day? And I was talking to Jody. I told her I was going to speak about her this morning. And she said, well, actually, the funeral was on Friday. And she said, I took the mother because the mother doesn't have much support. And she said, I spent eight hours with her. Um, after the funeral, we took her out to eat. And I said, Jody, thank you for doing that. I mean, this is a busy lady with four kids of her own. And, and she said, well, isn't that what we do? Yeah. Yeah. So Jody and Jen, when you look at this online, thank you for what you did. And it moves me. I've been moved all, all service, actually. Okay. Deep breath. So... For us to have revival, for people to come to Jesus, we need to share the treasure that we have within us. And boy, do we have a treasure. You know, I just think of all that Jesus has done for me and for you. The fact that we have hope. You know, the world right now is a bit scary, isn't it? When we look at what's going on, you can get a bit scared. But I just have a hope with Jesus. I know Jesus is coming back probably very soon. And I'm not afraid of that. I know that whatever happens in life, Jesus is there. I love the fact Jesus talks to us. You know, when Pat was talking about Jesus guided her and that gentleman who had the heart change is in the service this morning. And uh, I just love the fact that he's so involved and happy and, and well. You know, I just love the fact that Jesus is with us. And because we have that wealth, we have to share it. If we don't share it, people around us are going to miss out. And Psalm 139 says, we were known to God before we were even born. And he marked out our destiny. He marked out our purpose. And I love that fact because that verse reminds us, no matter who we are, no matter how we're feeling, he knows you, he knows your life, he knows your strengths, even better, he knows our weaknesses, but still chooses to use us to be his ambassador. Don't you love that? And what I also love is that he uses our past to still help change other people's future. And I'd love us to look at a quick look at Moses. I just love Moses. He was an amazing man. But if you read in your own time, Exodus 1 to 4, you'll see that he was a Hebrew born into slavery in Egypt but rescued by Pharaoh's daughter and for 40 years lived in the palaces of Pharaoh. So you imagine he was being trained about how Egyptians think, how their customs are. He learned the language of the Egyptians. It was looking well. Then unfortunately he killed an Egyptian and had to run away. And he ran into the desert where for 40 years, another 40, he just looked after sheep. And so he was out there in the desert when God came and spoke to him because God had been listening to the slaves in Egypt crying out for rescuing. And God said, well, I'm going to cho choose you, Moses. And so he spoke to him from a burning bush and asked Moses to be his mouthpiece. <laughs> well, if you look at Exodus 3, 11 to 12, this is what happened. Moses, God says, now I'm going to send you to Pharaoh to demand that he let you lead my people out of Egypt. And Moses said, but I'm not the person for a job like that. 
Don't pick on Moses yet, because I think we're all a little bit like that. Yeah? In the car park, Jen could have gone, oh, no, no, I'm too busy doing my shopping. I've got stuff to do, and I'm not well myself, so I won't get involved. I'm not the person for a job like that. But she didn't. How about when people say, um, how can I share about Jesus? Because I, I don't know enough theology yet. Oh, that's a good one. You may say that yourself. I don't really know enough. Just use your story. If you've got a story, no one can argue with your story. You know, those of you that go to university and you think, oh, but they're so indoctrinated against the Bible and our beliefs, use your story. They can't argue when you say that Jesus is part of your life and guides you and, and has made you whole and restored your brokenness. They can't argue with that. Or maybe um, you say, oh, but you know, if I tell my workmates about Jesus, sometimes they're going to laugh at me or, or, or ridicule me. You know, when I've been working in the second world, which I am on and off, and especially in the ambulance where I'm not surrounded with godly people because my workmates in church, they're pretty good. They don't ridicule me for what I believe. Okay. Staff are pretty good like that. <laughs> but when I go out to the ambulance and stuff, um, and, and or talking to people that don't know Jesus, but I talk about being a Christian, they don't ridicule me as long as they see that what I say lines up with what I do. So if I'm not a hypocrite, they will go, okay, well, that's good for you. What they don't like is people that say one thing and love another, okay? But if you live the life, they're not going to ridicule you. In fact, they might even secretly admire what you are, who you are. Um, you may say, well, you know, I've tried sharing with my family, but, oh, they're just so hard. I know. I'm there with some of my family members. Just keep open. Keep praying. Keep doing whatever you can to show the love of Jesus. We are going to win them. They are going to find Jesus. And so, you know, you can do a whole lot of things and stop making excuses like Moses did. Because when Moses said, well, I'm not the person for a job like that, this is what God says to him, I will certainly be with you. In other words, Moses, don't worry about yourself. I'm with you. I'm going to help you. But Moses goes on in verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 10, and he says this, Lord, I'm just not a good speaker. Because remember, the revival, people have to hear and then respond. To hear, we have to speak. Moses says, I'm not a good speaker. I never have been, and I'm not now, even after you've spoken to me, for I have a speech impediment. So who makes mouths, Jehovah said? Isn't it I, the Lord? Now go ahead and do as I tell you, for I'll help you to speak well, and I'll tell you what to say. See, God didn't raise the problem with Moses. Moses raised the problem himself. But God himself was going, okay, no matter how you're feeling, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you the words to speak. So don't even worry about what you're thinking about yourself. But Moses did what we did and we do, and he argued back. But what is interesting in Acts chapter 7, verse 22, it says this about Moses. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. So I reckon that probably in, in his first 40 years, he was probably a great orator, okay, he did well. But then he spent 40 years in the desert speaking to sheep. So you imagine you tell this great sermon and they say, bah. Or you say, you know, this is, this is what happened in Egypt and they go, bah. 
I think after 40 years of barring, you're going to lose your confidence too. So he lost his confidence. I hate the way that the devil comes in, causes us to lose our confidence in things, and can potentially sabotage our life. And if life has thrown curveballs at you, you've had challenges to overcome, you think, what am I going to do with these challenges? I, 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 how can I speak? I'm not worthy enough to speak. Um, my life's a mess. God says, okay, but if you let me restore you, you can speak. And you don't even have to be perfect to speak. Isn't that good? And all the speakers in the room said, thank God. Hey, Ralph, you're not quite perfect yet. Almost. Yes, sir. But you can speak. You know, Pastor Adrian, you're almost perfect too with those new pants of yours that all the young people are loving. But how good... <laughs> oh, the old people like them. Okay, younger old. But all of us, you know, but we can speak to our neighbours. We don't have to be perfect. None of us are perfect. We do have to have confidence in God though. God wants us to be his ambassadors. I love... Um, and sorry, graphics people, I know I've jumped around a bit. Um, in the, let me find the scripture about being an ambassador. 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. It's not an option. <laughs> Jesus Christ wants us all to be ambassadors for him. He wants us to speak for him. And the good news is that when he wants us to do it, he will equip us. You know, with Moses, he, he said, Moses, I'll just help you with it. In the end, he had to get Aaron, uh, Moses' brother, to help Moses. But God is saying, I, I will help you. I'll give you the right things to say, no matter what your challenge is. And I want to share with you a story this morning. Someone that hasn't spoken from up on the platform, has spoken from the kids' platform, but someone that loves to share her faith in Jesus, but has she had it easy? No. Take a look at the screens. Well, let me introduce you to the lovely Sarah Jane Armstrong. Her life challenges began even before she was born. So, Sarah, tell us about your early challenges. Firstly, I was born with the cord wrapped around my neck, which affects the oxygen of my brain. They discovered that I had an extra chromosome, which resulted in me having lots of challenging problems as a baby. They even named a syndrome after me, the Sarah Armstrong syndrome. I was also the first baby in the Westmead Children's Hospital. Wow. So there's a lot of challenges right at the beginning of your health there, Sarah. What are your health challenges now? Hearing loss. My left ear wasn't formed right, and my right ear is not that great either, so I wear hearing aids. I have feet problem which affects my balance. I can't walk straight and I find stairs so frustrating. I had a hard time making friends, especially because I changed schools so often. I was bullied at school because I was different look different. They often compared me to my older sister, who was normal. Wow, Sarah, being bullied, being seen as different. Ah, so many challenges. And I first met you as a teenager 
You were so shy, but you're much more confident now. So, what caused that change? When age 16, I came to Life Source Church and I became a Christian. I came to church regularly and got involved in the kids' ministry. And oh my goodness, I love the kids' ministry. It brings me that such joy. In high school, I discovered I love drama. It's great fun. I realized I could do drama well, so I started gaining more confidence in myself. God began a progress of healing me from my low self-esteem. Well, you certainly allowed God to change you, and you've entered a drama career now. So tell us about that. I started drama at Midnight Feast, stories that unite, both acting and writing. I performed once at Nida and twice at the Sydney Opera House.、Mm-hmm. I'm a volunteer drama teacher with people with disabilities for the past four years. I went to Uluru and Alice Springs to do workshops with other people with disabilities. In September 2021, I got a job as A position assistant with Fremantle and ABC, helping with admin, costumes, props, and venues such as Heartbreak High and Australia's Got Talent. My next dream, oh, I love that word so much. Oh wow, is to run my very own drama workshops for people with disabilities, doing the basics of drama. I love that, Sarah. And what has been the secret of gaining confidence in your life? When times are rough, I remember what our church teaches: God's got it, and I can cling on to this voice. Romans eight, verse thirty-eight to three.、Oh, that's a beautiful scripture, Sarah. And what would you say to people who have yet to overcome challenges in their own lives? Always try your best. Dream big. Keep going. Never give up. No matter what your disability you might have, you can follow your dreams. Remember, you have God to help you. I'm still very shy, and I get very nervous going to new places, but I choose to overcome it. Yeah, Sarah, you're so inspiring. So, what's a final word from you? I am so grateful for the support of everyone at church. You are like family. Don't let anything hold you back. Being the person that God wants you to be. Sarah, why don't you come up? We just got something for you. What Sarah has been bursting to let people know, just her story, because she loves Jesus so much. What I love about you, Sarah, is that you're always open to tell your friends about Jesus. You're always telling them about what you're doing at church. I remember when you've been being baptized; it was all over Facebook. You were so excited, and、uh, we just want to give you some flowers and say thank you for pressing through and becoming the amazing woman that you are. And we believe that that dream that you've put, God's put in your heart about you know helping people with challenges to learn drama as well. God will keep opening doors for you. I know you've just applied for a job, and if that one is for you, I pray that you get it. But whatever happens, Sarah, you're already our hero. We love you. Have some flowers. Let's. let's...
Thank you. I love it. You know, it's lovely to honor Sarah because she is one that has overcome challenges and we all have challenges, but they can be overcome. And Jesus needs us to overcome everything that would hold us back from sharing about him with others. Because for revival, people have to hear and they have to respond. But in order to hear, someone has to tell them. And it's you and I that can tell them. So what are some of the ways that we can actively share our faith? Let me give you just a few little ideas. Do a good deed for somebody and then casually link it in with, look, I, I want to do this for you because I love Jesus and I, I want to show, share his love with you. Or, you know, you've got to find something that's comfortable for you. You may want to just say, as Jesus has blessed me, I want to bless you too. Buy someone a coffee in, in the line, you know, in the coffee line. Just say, I'm going to pay for you. And they'll go, why would you do that? You can just say, because God has blessed me and I want to bless you as well. That might open up a conversation. If it doesn't, well, at least you've sown the seed. You know, my dad's going to be 91 in a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, he loves telling people his age. Um, but I tell you why he loves to do it. This is why he loves to do it. Not only because he really is brilliant for his age, but often they'll say, so what's your secret? He then, he says, well, I was a minister and, I, and off he goes and they get the gospel then. And he gets really disappointed if they don't ask him what his secret is. Okay? But he's worked out what works for him. And you've got to work out what works for you. But unless they hear, then they can't respond. So we do have to work out ways to share our faith. If you want to formally know how to evangelize, get together with someone like Tony McLennan. Are you here, Tony? Yeah. Oh, there you are, right in the front row. Tony has a group he teaches on how to evangelize. He has tools to use. You know, there are others that love to share their faith. Oh, Michelle Nettleton, are you here? Michelle is an incredible evangelist who can share so easily. Do the Alpha course. And from Alpha, just learn some of the ways. Get some of Pastor John's tracks downstairs. But I find one of the easiest ways is to offer prayer. So if people start talking about things, just to say, can I pray for you? Do you remember, oh, one of the last times I spoke, I told you about my neighbor. So I've been working on my neighbor for a long time. She's of a different faith to us, but she absolutely adores John and I. And she'd lost the cat she was babysitting and she was so worried, so I prayed for her, and within two days, the cat was returned, which was great. Well, last weekend, she came again, because she'd just come back from overseas, and she, they'd lost her suitcase. So I said, can I pray with you? So on my doorstep, we prayed for the suitcase. And she said, thank you so much, Anne. Guess what? The suitcase hasn't come yet. <laughs> but you know what? Doesn't matter. Because what she knows is that I care enough to pray. And if the suitcase does turn up, the longer it takes, the more it's going to be a miracle, I guess. <laughs> but even if it doesn't, you see, I am not responsible for the outcome of my prayer. It's almost like, your problem. Now, let me tell you what happened. That, that did happen. So we're on the doorstep. She's telling me about it. And I'm thinking, I'll offer to pray. Oh, what if it doesn't get found? God, that's not going to look good for you. 
Oh, that's actually your problem. So I'm going to pray and the rest is up to you. Yeah? When we pray for healing, you can't heal anyway. So you can't take the glory or the, or the blame if it doesn't happen. You just pray in faith and then it's over to God. Yeah? So pray. And it's, it's amazing how people are open, even in the supermarket. You know, people with headaches, can I pray for you? And if they're on the checkout, just make it quick. Lord Jesus, just minister to this lady. Let the headache go away really quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all you need. Don't go speaking in tongues or anything, Pentecostal. You may get arrested on the spot, but do it just, just naturally, okay? Just naturally. Because God just wants us to be ambassadors. When God came to Jeremiah, and you read this in Jeremiah chapter 1, God said, Jeremiah, speak to the people. And he said, but I'm too young. You're never too young, never too old. But this is what he's, God said to Jeremiah. And I think that God wants to say that to us today. I love this verse. You young people who you really got to speak up to your generation. We all of us need to speak to our generations, but young people speaking to their young generation. Listen to what he said to Jeremiah. Then the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young or too old or not knowing enough or not perfect enough or anything like that. You must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. You know, you may need to put that on your fridge or something. So whenever you get afraid, the Lord says to you, you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. What if you knew that you wouldn't fail by sharing your faith with somebody? We'd be a lot bolder, wouldn't we? But God is saying, I'm going to be with you anyway. And if you're stuck about the words to say, I'm going to help you. Because his heart is, they've got to hear in order to respond. I want you to be the one to say the words that they will hear. God is calling us today to speak up and have an extra boldness just to speak up. Will you try it? You know, this week I've been looking for opportunities, you know, just to, to try it because, because I, I just want people to hear. And I'd love the suitcase to, to turn up. But if it doesn't, it's not going to stop me offering for prayer whenever my neighbor needs it. So to conclude this morning, we just got a final quote from Sarah. Without my disability, I wouldn't be me. I feel so blessed. Everything comes from the heart. Everything comes from God. I am who I am because of God and His love. I love that. I think that was profound. You know, she said that I don't, nobody was telling what to say. Without my disability, I wouldn't be me. And Sarah, we, we admire what you do, okay? And all that you've overcome. Without your past and without who you are, you wouldn't be you. But God wants to use all of that, that to, to reach this world for him. And Jesus says in Mark 16, 15, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. So remember, we are responsible to tell. You're not responsible for the outcome, but we are responsible to tell. That's our mandate. 
Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.